Welcome to A Million and One Topics. I'm your host, Aaron Tui, and of course, as always, I have Austin Jury here with me. Just kidding, I have Amelia Wetzel. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Austin, you're out. Fuck you, Austin. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Um, I don't believe I've ever had Amelia on here with me. She's my best friend. Um, Austin isn't out. He could always join me again on Skype, but no, I'm... <laughs> no, he can't. He can't. Fine. Uh, <laughs> I moved back to Indianapolis, so I am no longer with you, Austin. I'm so sorry. And his ass is moving to Tennessee anyway, so yeah, fuck you, Austin. (laughs) On today's episode, I don't even know what number we're on anymore at this point. I think the last episode he and I recorded was back in like, I don't know, it's probably been a year, if not maybe a little less. But today's topic, we are going to be talking about um, serial killers, just murderers in general, true crime, basically. What? Um, what? Woo! <laughs> Everyone's favorite thing to feel guilty about loving. Yeah. Um, this was Amelia's idea. She's really into especially like uh, serial killers, just basic true crime. And I'm into all that as well. Um, and I'm very also into a lot of the really like, I guess you could say fucked up shit. The things <laughs> where, you know, um, there's another podcast actually called Sword and Scale that um, covers a lot of really dark stuff. So that check him out. That too much for me. I'll yeah. just throw that out there. He goes into a lot of detail and it's pretty gross, but it just intrigues me to know that people out there can think like that because yeah. I'm not like that at all. And I know Amelia isn't either. So I think, or so you think, no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's why a lot of the time people get into this stuff. Cause it's just like, it's so far from the way we think yeah. that it's interesting, yeah. but at the same time you want to know that there's justice for whoever was killed because it, th- th- I mean, that adds like a satisfaction yeah. to it too. Can't live in a world where these people are roaming around free. Right. Um, So I know you had some specific, I think, cases and people you wanted to talk about first, and I can let you kind of take off from there if you'd like. Um, Sure. I I mean, true to the podcast name, A Million One Topics, we're probably going to be talking about all sorts of true crime related things. Um, Yeah. So I I got a lot to cover, and I'm sorry if I'm struggling because... This is new for me. (laughs) Um, So first, I kind of wanted to talk about um, and maybe get Aaron's opinions as well on the McDonald triad, which if you're not familiar is um, like the three indicators of a future uh, serial killer or violent offender. Um, Those include arson, animal cruelty, and enuresis, which is like wetting the bed. So supposedly there have been studies and these three things are pretty um, solid indicators that someone will eventually commit some sort of crime. I don't think it's foolproof because there are serial killers out there that do not have or did not have all three of these indicators as as a child. Um, But I think it is pretty interesting nonetheless. Well, I think, too, like any study, you're not always going to have the same, like, you're not going to have the same results with every single person. I think that's basically impossible in any, anything, as well as, I think, what do they say, like, most serial killers are born in Ohio and born in November (laughs) and stuff, like, yeah, or September or something like that. I know I fall under one of those categories, and I'm like, I'm... (laughs) I'm not a serial killer. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But I do remember as a kid, like, I would just, I like to pick up the cats and whatnot that my parents and I had. And 
you know, not like hurt them, but you know, to the point where they were starting to get mad and my mom would just, Oh my God, Aaron, you're it's, that's like what a serial killer does, but I wasn't hurting <laughs> them. I was just like, I don't care if you're mad. I'm going to continue holding you. Cause I love you. <laughs> and my mom's a little, a little crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I always knew about the animal cruelty part and the mm-hmm. arson, but I, I forgot about the bedwetting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it can just be an indicator that this child is under distress and like needs help. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to one day become a serial killer. So. Right. Um, my, I have a cut. Well, he's not technically my cousin um, or cousins. Actually my cousin's husband's um, kids from a previous marriage. A lot of times when they were younger and they had to stay with their mom, who was very unhinged, just crazy. Obviously they're, there's a reason they're not married anymore. They would a lot of times wet the bed when they would stay with her, just mm-hmm. because, like you said, they were in need. That it was kind of like a, an attention type of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Th- and that's that's what a lot of these can be. It can just be a you know calling out for for attention, um, not necessarily something sinister, but yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So just some interesting, I guess you could say my favorite serial killers that sounds really bad <laughs> but most interesting <laughs> intriguing yeah. most interesting intriguing um I like to like talk about how they're caught because I always think that's interesting to to learn because sometimes we know their crimes but we don't necessarily know how they're caught mm-hmm. um so one of my favorites per se um is Dennis Rader aka BTK uh serial killer who was active in Kansas um during I believe it was the 70s early 70s up to early mid 80s um he had 10 victims and um basically liked to taunt the local law enforcement um and did that for a lot of years but ultimately what ended up getting him caught was um he Back in, uh, I think it was early 2000s, he was, again, taunting, trying to relive those killing fantasies, so to speak, um, taunting the police, sending them um, letters and whatnot. He asked them um, if he sent a floppy disk, if they would be able to trace back to find out who he was. Um, It was in a newspaper, um, newspaper ad, basically, asking. And the police responded... In the newspaper ad, obviously saying no, but really they could, and they did, and they tracked the the metadata back to um, a church, and then who last updated or was in the file, and it had a name Dennis, and then from there they were able to uh, narrow it down to Dennis Rader, um, and later confirmed with DNA they had at the crime scene compared with uh, familial D- DNA from his daughter's pap smear that it was him. So just pretty, like, crazy how all of those things fell in line for him to be caught. And, and at the end of the day, his own ego um, got him caught, basically. That's interesting. I wonder if, like, w- when was this? Like, do you know what timeline? Like, Yeah, it was, year? like, the early 2000s. I don't remember okay. the exact year. Um, but, yeah. I just wondered if they kind of um, were inspired in different TV shows and stuff to uh, 
what I want to say, you know, you'll see like those things where people will put out ads and whatnot with like code coded messages to different people or like clues to a murder and stuff like yeah. that. But I think that's that's kind of an older thing that's really been done in TV shows and whatnot for a while. So maybe not. <clears throat> Could be. Um, I mean, I know I don't know about like law enforcement and how they catch people and whatnot, but I know a lot of serial killers and like violent offenders in general have been inspired by, um, you know, TV and magazines and whatnot i know um there's this podcast that i listen to um it's called the murder squad and it has um paul holes on it who's like a pretty well-known um detective and he helped solve the um yeah the uh joseph d'angelo case the golden state killer case and he talks a lot about this magazine that circulated back I want to say it was like back in the the 60s or 70s that was kind of like a true crime magazine but they it it verged on like very risque because it showed like bondage and and things like that I wish I could think of the name of the magazine I might have to look it up so I can tell you guys but um definitely have been like offenders kind of like motivate not motivated but inspired Hmm. by by things like that in the media and whatnot yeah, and I think, I mean, speaking of media, too, just along the same lines, like, <clears throat> these people who are killing schools and stuff, or killing kids in schools and all these mass murderers and whatnot that have been happening for, what, probably six, seven years now? Yeah. I think the media has such a big influence on some people because they, these kids see, <clears throat> or even adults see, that these other murderers have gotten attention, and they think, I want that kind of attention, too. And I would just love for some kind of legislation to be passed to to stop the people's faces and names from being said. Because, I mean, I know there have been cases with serial killers who have done the same thing. Like, they've wanted to get attention. Um, this podcast, that, like I talked about, Sword and Scale, that I've listened to, I can't remember the specifics of the, de- of the case exactly. And it's kind of hard to find details of a lot of cases for stuff he talks about because they're so underground. But... It was basically a cult family, excuse me, um, a cult family who never, very controlling parents, they never let their kids use the internet, go outside, and they began looking stuff up and saw some stuff about murderers and these serial killers and whatnot and were like, we want that kind of attention because they were so, they were so starved for attention and, you know, didn't know how the real world worked. And I believe they were still arrested because, I mean, (laughs) murder is murder. But they killed their family, and they were going to go... I think they ended up running away, and they were going to, like, have someone report it so that they got the attention they wanted on the news, and it was a whole thing. I I wish I could remember the name of that case, but it was really interesting just because, once again, we talk about, like, bedwetting and stuff, and that can be a star for attention, and it kind of goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think... um as far as like going back to to BTK, and that magazine was called True Detective Magazine, by the way. Um, all right, and it all was, right, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was published for a long time, and and also the name of an amazing uh, TV series on uh, HBO, by the way, which I highly recommend. At least the first season with Matthew McConaughey and um, Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, that's an yeah. anthology, isn't it? Like each season's different. It's it's amazing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so. I think like BTK his his motives were I think to get attention like haha like you can't catch me Mm -hmm. but also the psychology behind it too is when whenever he's doing these taunt whenever he's taunting and 
stuff like this. He's basically reliving the crimes as well. So it's like, kind it's of like fantasy. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with him? Um, not necessarily with BTK. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about Joseph D'Angelo, though, unless you had something else you wanted to. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought because this popped in my head and you were talking about kind of your quote unquote favorite person. <laughs> this guy is not my favorite person either to any means, but I didn't want to end on this because it's very, like I said, the stuff that I've heard from that podcast and the stuff I'm into is not, not that I'm into. I'm into this stuff. It's my kink. Um, Don't kink shame me. One of the more interesting cases, I guess I should say, um, that I also found out about because of Sword and Scale. Um, this kid from Texas, his name is uh, Kevin Davis, and the name is so basic. It's such a popular name, but Kevin Davis, when I hear that name, I get chills down my spine. This kid is so... <laughs> He, he, he had issues for sure. Um, well, he has issues. He's still alive. Um, so he was kind of, you know, just one of those kids that, you know, you could tell he was a little bit off. He didn't have a lot of friends. He was constantly fighting with his mom over video games, that sort of thing. He began, as you were talking about, like fantasy, that sort of thing. He began to have this fantasy of basically killing and raping his mother and his sister. And I'm going to warn you, this is going to get a little graphic. So if you don't like this part, please skip ahead. Trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he ended up beating the shit out of his mom's head. I mean, he, you could see brains and everything. Oh. And he ended up having sex inside her brains. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, luckily, his sister was not home at the time. And for some reason, he just decided, ah, I'm not going to mess with her. I don't, I, I've had my fill. Um, and during his interview with the cops... He, 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 some, for some reason ends up admitting that that was not his first time having sex with anything. He fucked a cat and that's how he lost his virginity. Yeah. It was a dead cat too. Jesus. Yeah. He just, and if you look up his picture online, I mean, you can just see the dead look in his eyes. Yeah. He currently looking at a picture. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a very classic case of, I watched a video because, um, on Sword and Scale, he like played some of the audio, but I watched the video of his court case, and he's the very classic example, kind of like the the tri- triad. He One of the things that also stands out in a lot of these cases and that they end up finding that someone's guilty from is they just sit there motionless and emotionless. They just... Shut most down. of these people because they, it's not even that they shut down all the time it's that well, they have no they have no guilt they don't give a shit right and so if it's one of those things where they're not sure if the person is guilty or not a lot of times jurors will see that these people are just sitting there like hmm, whatever they're not crying they're not upset they're not mad it's it's you know it's almost always a telltale sign of they did it yeah and i find that really interesting yeah um on the opposite end of the spectrum too because you mentioned that disgusting horrific thing that uh he did to his mom um ed kemper which if you guys have watched um oh my gosh why can't i think of the name of the show right now it's only like my favorite show ever and i can't think of the name right now because i'm on the spot (laughs) (laughs) i hate that oh my gosh um, Netflix series with oh like the one where they t- study the blood splatter and stuff they, no they just blood just splatter. it's like it's a scripted series and it's um like studying the, er, the FBI's early days of studying um serial killers like behaviors Mindhunter yes okay. oh my gosh guys that's so embarrassing because <laughs> I, I literally love the shit out of that show so another highly recommend but anyway 
um, Ed Kemper, who was uh, also a serial murderer, um, he started, he, co-ed killer was his name, um, his given name by the press and whatever. Um, but he started by murdering like co-eds, like college campus girls, and then ultimately escalated to murdering his mom, um, who he absolutely abhorred, and more disgusting stuff. He did similar acts with her head after she was dead. Yeah. But anyway, um, complete opposite. He ended up turning himself in and they could not get him to shut up. Like he he was a, like a talker, like would answer any questions that they had, um, was pretty insightful about himself and how he felt, but obviously not enough to make himself not do that stuff. (laughs) Right. When I was looking up, um, this kid, Kevin Davis's, uh, whole case here a minute ago, just to remind myself of certain details. Um, Ed Kemper came up because I think they're kind of one of those things that are related because of the whole mom situation, which sucks because it's pretty disgusting. But yeah, uh, apparently that's a theme with some people, which I can't even like, mm, no, yeah, Mm, nope, no, thank you. It's, (laughs) It's gross. Um, he liked to like. <laughs> I remember one comment. He would he would bury the heads like I think I don't remember if it, if it was his mom's or one of the coeds, but buried. I think it was his mom. Yeah, buried hit her head outside of his window, looking up at him basically, yep. so that he knew like <laughs> she was looking. Yeah, yeah, it's just like. I just, yeah. That sounds like something that they would write in like a movie, right? You know what I mean? It sounds fake. But, yeah, according to Ed Kemper, it's real. (laughs) Yeah, and you never know. Some of these people might be lying about details just because they're getting off on, like, the fantasy of doing that, too. Right. Especially if he's a talker. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't really actually do that, but just said, oh, yeah, and I put her head up looking at me. That does happen as far as, like, people who have already been convicted of murder, like, admitting to other crimes um, that they didn't actually commit. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that that's what he did, but that just basing branching off of that that does happen too because they want the um you know they want the notoriety of having more victims so they'll just start start admitting to others um that they had nothing to do with right and that really sucks because that's a waste of you know police resources and giving these victims families hope um so yeah fuck those guys who do that (laughs) yeah yeah that's disgusting yeah um I can't imagine, like, just being in a, just because you said that, being in a courtroom facing someone who either tried to kill you or someone who killed your loved one. Like, I I don't think I would be able to do it. I think I would be like, no, just tell me the verdict and be done with it. I can't can't know. Like, I don't want to, or I can't see him. I can't look at him. Um, There's a really good show, um, and it's from the BBC, called uh, Broadchurch. Um, David Tennant plays a cop and spoiler spoiler alert uh, they're trying to figure out who killed this family's son turns out it was the family's friend he was uh, secretly gay and also a pedophile he ended up accidentally shoving this kid up against a wall with a nail killed him and then threw him off the cliff Ah! to make it look like it was an accident and in the second um, season it's his trial and I I cried through the entire first season it was just constant like just constant Emotion, especially from Jody Whitaker, who's now the doctor. Um, she played the mom in that show. She's just a mess the entire time, understandably. 
in the second season, it starts out with his court case. And the family's in there just, you know, visibly shaken, visibly upset. And he pleads not guilty. And they just fucking lose it because now they have to go through all of this again. They have to actually have a court case and everything. And I just really felt that, like, put myself in their place when I watched that. It just, I don't think I could do it. I would be like, I don't want to know, just, or I don't want to be there. Just tell me. Just tell me what the verdict is, and that's it. I can't. I can't look at him. Yeah. <clears throat> I think about that, too. Like, if anyone I know was ever murdered, which, you know, pray to God that never happens. But yeah. how I would feel if maybe there was some sort of, like, plea deal introduced or something, and, like, them just you know ad- admitting guilt and taking maybe a slightly lesser sentence sentence or something like that like mm-hmm. I, I mean it it might be easier in the long run than having to go through the trial and hearing all the details and right a possible you know not non-conviction not guilty conviction so yeah and just hearing too like if they have to play audio that's proof or see photos and stuff yes. I no freaking way would I even be able to come no. close to seeing that sort of stuff yeah, that'd be very, very hard. Um, and just real quick, I wanted to mention, too, because we were talking about this before you go into your next person. I feel like we keep getting sidetracked. But, <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I just keep thinking of stuff, too. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, if you're finding this because you're interested in true crime, may have seen this video. Um, it's from a channel called uh, JCS Criminal Psychology. And it's been popping up in a lot of people's, like, yes. homepages. It's super weird. What is the deal? I don't know if, you know, I know Amelia and I watch true crime stuff, so maybe that's why. But there were people in comments just saying, like, why did I get this, you know? Um, but it has to do with, isn't it the Dayton shooter who they talk about? Um, I don't it no- know, because no, 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 I didn't no. actually watch it. It was Mar- the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooter is who it was. He, he starts saying, they showed videos of it and everything. He's, the demons, man, the demons. And it, the whole video is called What Pretending to be Crazy Looks Like. Mm, yeah, and they really, yeah. it's like an hour long. And they really tear apart this kid's whole act, basically. he At one point, they show him, you know, the security camera in the um, interrogation room. And he's just looking around, darting his eyes. Oh, and then staring off and just acts like he's going like... Um, What's the word when you can't talk? Um, Mute? Well, yeah, but like catatonic in front of the cop. And the cop's like, I know what you're doing. I know, you know, I've been trying to play it cool with you. You know, cops a lot of times in interrogations like to act like they're the person's friend to get them to open up and to admit like, oh, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here saying you're guilty. Just so they'll start to open up. And this guy eventually is like, what did you do this for? I'm not stupid. You're not, you know, you don't want to get this the uh the crazy plea because those hospitals are just as bad if not worse you're not just gonna get off saying oh they're crazy i guess they don't need to be you know arrested or anything you're gonna get sent into a mental mental institution locked down and those places are even worse than jail right like is it better yeah (laughs) which also reminds me of david berkowitz son of sam because they covered this in mindhunter um also because they quote-unquote interview him again it's a scripted series but um and I guess supposedly he admitted that the whole demon thing like his neighbor's dog being possessed by a demon telling him to kill people was uh not true Hmm. so yeah I'm still unsure how I feel about that like I don't know if he really was lying or because again like what 
what necessarily is your motive to lie about it? I mean, I guess to try to get off in a lesser sentence, but... Yeah, a lot of people just think that if they go with the crazy plea, like, you know, they, they're going to get a psychologist to evaluate them and they think they're going to be able to um, fake in front of a, a trained psychologist that they have schizophrenia or that they're yeah. not neurotic, but they're psychotic and that they didn't know what they were doing. And it's just funny to me because... Not only is that basically impossible because these people look out for that sort of thing. They're going to yeah. they're going to know that these people are yes, crazy because they killed someone, but they're faking <laughs> that, you know, they didn't know it was wrong, which is the difference between psychotic and neurotic. Yeah. And it's just really funny to me because they, like I said, those hospitals are just as just as bad if not worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> um so I guess going into joseph d'angelo now so that's the golden state killer um which i'm sure most of you true true crime buffs have heard about him read a lot about him especially Um, in the coming year the past few years yes yes because he was just recently caught back in um 2018 um but his crimes span all the way from like the um i don't remember if they started in the late 60s or if it was the early 70s all the way up until i want to say the early 80s um Kind of like a, a common common time frame for a lot of these psychos. It yeah. Seems like. The 70s just brought out yes. all the, the crazy people. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, so he um, is convicted or I guess I don't know what all they, they decided in, in the convictions. But he was suppo- supposedly murdered 13 people, um, raped 50 women and girls um, all throughout the California coast area. Um, he... So he actually, he, he kind of, he, you can see an, an escalation with him. So he started out um, kind of just breaking into homes, um, petty theft type stuff. So mostly like women's lingerie. I think there were a few like jewelry, like knickknack things stolen. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how he started out was just breaking into homes. And that's when the, the Visalia ransacker was like, the first title given. He had so many nicknames, like East Area yes. Rapist, Visalia, well, Ramsacker. And it's because they didn't connect him to all of them yeah. until later. Right. So started out Visalia Ransacker, then escalated to East Area Rapist. So that's when he escalated to not only just breaking in, but rape. Um, and then later on became known as the Golden State Killer um, for 13 murders. So you can see that escalation and they didn't connect him to all three of those um like crime sprees until later on. Um, but basically, um, how they ended up catching him. So back to, I'm fascinated by how they, how they catch serial murderers. Um, he, they had his, they had his, (laughs) they had his DNA, um, from multiple of the crime scenes, but back, you know, in like the seventies and even early eighties and stuff, there, there was nothing they could do with it. So, once they were able to test it, which I think was in like the 90s, um, they compared it to ENCODIS, which is like a national uh, DNA system, basically. And there was no match in CODIS. So they knew, you know, he hasn't been arrested or at least his DNA hasn't been taken since those crimes were committed. So they were basically back to square one. Mm-hmm. Um, so referencing Paul Holzgen, he kind of took the lead of um, using like familial DNA and genealogy to to try to catch him. So 
basically they took his DNA, they converted it to where it could be uploaded in like one of those genealogy websites. Um, and then they ended up finding a match and basically just narrowed it down from the family tree. Um, because if you think about it, like obviously not everyone's going in and using these genealogy websites. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you might, you might be matching with like a very distant relative. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, I don't think you have done ancestry or anything, No, but I have and the amount of fourth and fifth and sixth cousins you have. It's insane. Like, where did these people come from? I've never seen them at any barbecues. Like it'll say like 999 plus of fourth and above. And you're like, how? How is this even possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a very long, drawn-out process of narrowing down who it could be because they had to look at time frame. Mm-hmm. They had to look at people's age. They had to look at who was in the area. Um, and then finally, they narrowed it down to, I think, like a few relatives. Um, and then ultimately, Joseph D'Angelo, they ended up staking him out, um, ended up taking, I think it was like a cup or something he discarded, something in his trash, um, getting his DNA and then finally finding out that it was it was him. a match. Wasn't it like so, a nephew or something that was like the closest relative they were able to like kind of interview or something like that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, I don't think anyone from his family has been interviewed, but I could be mm. wrong. Yeah. I know because um, I've watched several documentaries about him. I know like a former neighbor when he was like a child talked about living next to him and yeah. how he was like very hot-headed like had a temper and i'm thinking of yeah and they were pretty sure that he killed their dog or poisoned their dog or something but (laughs) going back to that triad there (laughs) yeah Um, um and i will say too just a typical like aaron like this is a ridiculous comment um if you've listened to other of i should say my episodes i guess because i'm the only common denominator here um sometimes when i'm talking about logistics and stuff like that i just you know i'll find certain things in common sense that irritate me with the general public and when this started coming out the news of d'angelo and how they were using his dna and how ancestry and 23 and me and all of those companies were like yeah we database your your dna because you're voluntarily giving it to us and it's helping catch these killers right people freaked out my dna my data (laughs) okay so first of all they're not going to just put it out there and fucking clone you it's just like yeah they are they stole my (laughs) dna it's just like the thing like oh i don't want to get vaccinated because they're chipping me but here's my full name location and date of birth on my facebook (laughs) page and i use my cell phone always that tracks my location always (laughs) look at this amazing restaurant we're at tags my husband and yeah tags my husband location the freaking plate they're eating the clothes they're wearing (laughs) but um anyway yeah it just drives me crazy it drove me crazy a little bit because i don't think when it really started getting hot and heavy with that news that they had actually caught him yet but there were a lot of facebook facebook posts from you know my boomer friends or just ignorant friends in my own circle that were like this is disgusting i'll never use ancestry and yeah i'm just like you're disgusted by the fact that they're using DNA to help catch killers and get justice. Right. Like that's the only reason they're going to keep right. it. Yeah. I, I don't get why I don't truly understand why that's problematic either, because guess what? If they use my DNA to find a serial killer, in my family, like I'd be happy. Sorry. Like you're no longer my family. I yeah. just own you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if that happened to me, I'd be happy. I'd be like, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Justice. Right. <laughs> you're welcome. Justice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, 
I feel like you usually see back to the escalation factor and escalation with um, these serial offenders, and they just they tend to get more and more violent um, as time goes on. And I'm gonna talk about how uh, Aaron and I had a um, window peeping Tom. (laughs) I've had two situations. Okay. Well, the situation I was going to talk about was the one we were living in Muncie um, and had a peeping Tom situation. That's our location, Muncie, Indiana. Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. Actually, not right now. I got vaccinated, so I'm chipped anyway. Um, (laughs) We're not in Muncie right now. No, we're not. Indianapolis. (laughs) We're we're at um, 6320. Wallaby Way, Sydney. P. Sherman. Um, but anyway, that peeping Tom was, it was a really, really scary situation. Um, but I think Aaron kind of made fun of me a little bit <laughs> because I? I, I was scared. Cause I'm just like this guy, you know, he's, he's, peeping, he's a peeping Tom right now. So not, I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. scary, but like, I was scared of like the escalation. I wasn't factor. really into true crime at that point. I, I think I got into it because of Amelia. Um, and I'm just like, you fucking watch too much of this stuff. Like, just this kid, and I said, like, there had been a string of robberies, and he, she was, like, basically, like, he's going to come in and rape us and kill us and then take all of our belongings. I'm like, you don't fucking know that. Like, I'm just as freaked out as you, but don't, like, don't let it control your life. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was very scary. Yeah. Just at the time, I don't think I really understood. Yeah. Sometimes but, I go from zero to 100 real he's quick. Gonna, someone looks at her. He's going to fucking oh rape God. me tonight. <laughs> Jesus. Because I saw that on a true crime <laughs> video. I'm just kidding. He looked at me funny. I know. <laughs> I can't help to make stupid jokes like that. It, but it was scary, and that was, was that was my fear. Is like, because that it usually it it does. Like they'll start something simple, mm-hmm. like being a peeper, and then it escalates. Can escalate to breaking in, right. and then from there, you know, being being violent. So, um, I was legit scared and. Oh, I was yes, too, I but mean, I don't think I knew. I was yeah. arrogant over like well, the escalation thing. Yeah, I, all of the true crime that I had consumed made me. I would say yes, maybe more more paranoid, but in this instance, I'd say within good reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and I'm also on anti-anxiety medication, so I'm just like, it's fine, man. No, it's fine, <laughs> it dude. wasn't like that. I was definitely <laughs> still scared, and there were mornings I had to work at 7 a.m. every uh, day, and there were mornings he would walk by and be like, "Good morning." And I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah. And he scared me. I would hear his footsteps at night and run inside because I, I yeah. would be out on my patio smoking. This is around the back, around the back, by the way. So there's, yeah, those, so there's like, the and not walking a pet or anything like that. Like, there Just is walking. no excuse for him to be walking behind the buildings like that right. other than causing trouble. To, to go back to exactly what happened, I mean, Amelia had fallen asleep on the couch in true Amelia fashion. <laughs> and... um she always had her blinds open and we were on the first floor and she always left them open so that our cat Goldie could look out at night. Cause he's super crazy about just always wanting to look outside and running back and forth. And she seemed to look, she happened to look over and saw like his shoulder right next to the window. Yeah. And he just peeks in and then didn't he just like run away or something? No, he, he stayed there for, for a good minute. Okay. And I, I don't know if he like noticed me noticing him yeah (laughs) but i was um basically like too frightened to to move like once i noticed him so eventually um i think it was after like i I don't know you lose track of time when you're like scared to death so i don't know how long it was but eventually he walked away and then i jumped up 
out of bed to make sure like that our our um back door was locked for one which it should have been but just making sure Mm -hmm. and then i bolted into aaron's room and i was like aaron yeah i remember you waking me up and then save me either like in our indianapolis apartment or cincinnati apartment or house we we lived together for several years this this instance was back in 2015 2016 somewhere around in there but um you woke me up for some reason um, oh, oh, it was in Indianapolis. You happened to w- look out and saw people like trying to open people's car doors. Yeah. And you woke me up to make sure that my car was locked or to yes. find my keys or something. But she had that same kind of tone like, Aaron, Aaron. And I woke no. up like, oh, fuck, is it <laughs> happening again? Because, you know, you're asleep. You're it's not happening thinking. again. Um, we were on the second floor in Indy, though. Thank God. So, yeah, I, and I'm on the second floor here where I'm now. Yes, yes. Um, I will always live on the second floor if I ever live in an apartment yeah. again because... The first yeah. floor can be nice because you can just walk in or like, you know, whatever. But yeah, after what's happened to us, I think we're going to stay on the second floor as long as we have apartments. Yeah. <laughs> Traumatized. Um, but <laughs> along with those same lines, I have a private patio <clears throat> or balcony, I should say. So you have to go up the stairs to get into like my regular door. And then there's a sliding glass door to go out to the balcony. So there's no stairs or anything out to the balcony. But at my <clears throat> apartment in Columbus, Ohio that I just moved from, it was a terrible area. There were literally one of the number one reasons why I moved and came to the store that we opened here was not only to be closer to my best friend here <laughs> um, and my parents <laughs> because the pandemic just made me depressed and Amelia's mom passed away and it, I just made me really want to be closer to my mom. But also because the area I lived in in Columbus was absolutely horrible. I heard gunshots yeah. all the time, people yelling racial slurs at each, each other. Yeah. And... I had only lived there maybe two months and we had had to close the store for about like 10 days because it was in the beginning of the pandemic and a lady tested positive. And I remember one of the very last days, this guy was outside my apartment in the afternoon, shirt off, just screaming, I love you. And he pissed on the sidewalk and I thought it was some (laughs) drunk guy at first, but it come to find out my neighbors knew his family and he was you know mentally disturbed he had some kind of disorder but i feel bad for laughing but like i know i know can you imagine just chilling outside and just Ah, yeah that like that was like 2 p.m so i'm just sitting there like what um and i'm I'm sorry it's seven in the morning (laughs) i actually have another thing that makes me laugh that's disturbing that i'll play too but now that you say that but um he at like 2 a.m that very same night i'm out on my patio like i said i've been off work for like 10 days staying up late and i had a bottle of water out there with me and i went inside because i saw him starting to walk from the ground floor up to my stairs because i didn't i had a shared balcony it was shared with my neighbors and you to get to our apartments you had to go up the stairs like there was no privacy about them whatsoever and he came up the stairs and I looked out my window and he's standing right outside my window and he goes, can I have some of your water? And I was like, I'm sorry. And so I cracked my door and he goes, can I have some of your water? I said, no. And I shut the door and he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And then just stared for a minute and left. I drove to my parents two and a half hours away, got there at like 530 in the morning. They had no idea what was going on. And I was so freaked out and ended up sleeping the rest of the day away there because I hadn't even been to bed yet. So, yeah, apparently I'm just, I just attract (laughs) creepers. Yeah, I mean, mental illness aside, that's, I mean, that's just scary. Like, that's not normal behavior. So, rightfully so to be, to be terrified in that instance. Exactly. So, 
Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Obviously, it's going to be about five seconds for you, but I'm just going to pause this uh, so we can rest for a second. And we'll be right back. Player emergency. Please don't talk to this person. I'm sorry. I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one on my face. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're mad at me. I'm sick. I'm going to kill myself. I'm sick. Where are you? I'm just going to. If someone dies with a root tooth on it, it's me. I killed all the people. I'm sorry. I'm going to get the We are back. Um. That is the who goes by the uh, weepy voice killer. I, Amelia was talking about laughing, you know, at the the guy that was acting all crazy outside my apartment. And that is definitely something that makes me laugh. But I don't feel guilty about that one because that guy legitimately killed, uh, confirmed three women. Um, and it was supposedly just kind of an act. His like, oh, please, just to like get some some sympathy out of people if he was ever caught and just because he was a sick person he was probably doing it to be funny honestly he probably hung up and then started laughing um but his real name is uh paul michael stephanie um i don't exactly know how he was caught or anything but you know i'll watch these like these compilations on youtube and they'll talk about like different like messed up 911 calls and stuff like that and he almost always pops up because you know it's just so (laughs) so weird and so it sticks out and yeah it just it, it always makes me laugh and he deserves to be laughed at honestly yeah i to me i don't think there's any um legitimacy to to those emotions it, it just seems like an act to me but yeah um and he uh, i just looked this up because i couldn't remember he had five victims but two survived thankfully um and that kimberly compton was one that he actually killed um but he he died from skin cancer, I think, in the 90s, which, I mean, rest in peace, asshole. But <laughs> R-A-H. Yeah. Um, rest meaning, in hell. Meaning hell. Got me what you want. Got me what you need. <laughs> um, he did. Ride that pole all the way down, but <laughs> um, He did get, like, 58 years, but obviously he was arrested in, like, 90. No, no, no. Eight, yeah, 82. So he only served 10 years. No, yeah, 16 years. I can't get my facts straight. He, he only served 16 of those 58 years because he died. Because he died. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's so fine, So now he's spending an eternity in hell. Bye. <laughs> Depending on your religious mm-hmm. beliefs. Hell um, is such a place. <laughs> it looks pretty lit from a, from a little Nas video, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll fuck the devil. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Just kidding. <laughs> we're so awful um was there anyone else you wanted to talk about um those were the big two Mm -hmm. i wanted to hit on which was btk and joseph d'angelo um i mean i could talk about a million of them but yeah i mean they're always the typical ones like john wayne gacy and um dahmer and all of those people yes which wait dahmer's the one that was like really no not dahmer um shit he was the one that was super attractive. Um, Ted Bundy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've always yeah. joked, sick joke, but I love dark humor clearly, <laughs> that I would definitely have been murdered because he, he was a very beautiful man um, and he knew it. That's how he lured, right. lured all those women in there. Right. That's what's scary is like a lot of the time the stereotypical image of a serial killer in your head is someone like, you know, gross, like yeah. 
disgusting, unattractive, but you the never reality know. is, yeah, you never know. I mean, we so. had a manager who wasn't bad looking. He wasn't creepy looking. And we all joked that he had bodies in his basement. So Cause, cause he, was <laughs> he, weird. Gave, he gave off those bodies in the basement vibes. Yeah. Like, I mean, you one, know what they are. Yeah. One day he was just on his laptop um, in his office, just typing away. And he was like, hold on a second. Because he could tell I, I had a question for him. I was just standing in the doorway. He's like, I'm a machine. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I don't miss people who are alive. Yeah. He said that too. <laughs> I hope he's not. I hope he never listens to this. He won't know. He probably doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> if Austin's still listening, he'll know who we're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, but, yeah, and the funny thing is, you know, Amelia and I were still living together at the time, and we talk about all kinds of work-related stuff. We still work for the same company. I probably shouldn't say that. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know who we are. (laughs) You don't know what company we work for. Could have been in between their (laughs) timeline-wise. And one day I was like, do you ever get like weird vibes from (laughs) (laughs) You cannot include that. (laughs) I stopped because I was going to delete that part, but we're just going to bleep his name out. Anyway. Whoops. (laughs) um, I've let stuff slip like that before because I'm an idiot. Whoops. But (laughs) um, I ever, I said, um, do you ever get weird vibes from said person? And Amelia was like, yeah. And I said something like, I swear he's like a serial killer or something. And she died laughing. It was like, are this other manager and I think the same thing. And like a bunch of people around that store were like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. My guess was that he like, because he was a single guy. My guess was that he was targeting hookers. I forgot about that part. Uh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause, I mean, in all seriousness, sex workers like I I commend them cuz that is not a safe way of life. Yeah. Um sex work is still work, but also a lot of them get killed. Yes. Yes, it's very unfortunate. And the the stereotype is that nobody cares yeah but that is not true at they're all. just a throwaway person yes. so no one's gonna that yeah, is not true at all no. these yes they are kind of you know a mar- they are a marginalized part of society and are more susceptible to things like that but like their life matters and there are people who love them and there are people who if they go missing are going to look for them yeah and care hashtag so. hookers life matters they do they do i mean it's <laughs> hooker that's kind of offensive though isn't it sex hashtag sex workers yeah lives yeah, yeah, matter yeah. i just let's yeah. be politically correct here <laughs> oh man that's terrible <laughs> getting with the dark humor no but really um yeah, it's it is very sad, and I really hope that our manager hasn't actually done that. Yeah, our previous manager, I guess previous. I should say. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, if you guys aren't really into the true crime stuff and want to get into it, I mean, these are just a few people in a few situations. But you, you, it's always easy to start out with listening to or watching stuff about the like big names like Dahmer and. Gacy yeah and um whoever we were literally Ted Bundy (laughs) (laughs) all those really big names uh Eileen Wernos people like that that like everybody covers that's Mm -hmm. a good way to kind of get into it um and I was already like on a personal level I would kind of on the side watch stuff with Amelia when you know we roomed together and um she would have it on the tv (laughs) but I kind of started head first um because a bunch of people at a previous job I had 
they were all listening to this sword and scale podcast and so i went from oh i'll just watch a few minutes of whatever amelia's watching about these serial killers to he fucked his mom's brains and i don't know Jesus. how i don't know how that ended up happening um and also just because i have been mentioning and recommending um sword and scale a lot i just want to say that if you get offended easily, not by like gross stuff, but by like sly comments and a kind of a sexist asshole. Don't listen to Sword and Scale because Uh-oh. <laughs> he's kind of a dick. Uh-oh. <laughs> he's made lots of terrible comments on Twitter. I just try to ignore that because he, he does make a good podcast. Well, I have some not so controversial <laughs> suggestions. Yes, please. Um, so I really, my top three are um, Morbid, which. Uh, two ladies from Massachusetts and they're hilarious so oh yeah um, I've listened to that before yes and they are like they take very deep dives it's not just skimming the surface like they do a lot of research it's 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 a great one Mm -hmm. um the other one is I mentioned earlier um Murder Squad so that's again Paul Holes a very infamous detective um and Billy Jensen who is like a um very um uh what's the word I'm looking for um He's been in the true crime world for like a long time for a long time. And he's done a lot of articles and a a journalist and um, them together is really a really interesting combo, Um, especially Paul Hull's perspective being like former a former he's retired now, but a former detective, um, his insights uh, because he's very knowledgeable when it comes to obviously like analyzing a crime scene and autopsies. and just, you know, criminal behavior in general. So that one's, that one's really cool. Um, and then, of course, everyone's heard of Crime Junkie. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are the ladies that live here in Indianapolis. Um, again, the way, very entertaining, just the way they tell the story. Um, Ashley Flowers is the one who usually speaks. I don't think I knew um, that they were here. Yeah, they're here. Um, she's a very good storyteller. So, yeah, those are my top three that I usually rotate between listening to mm-hmm. so highly recommend those um also this weirdly enough because i mean i'm very much about finding unbiased information and information that isn't like just kind of fake and stupid but buzzfeed unsolved oh they, my gosh yeah. they're hilarious yeah they're the best they talk about they have a, a ghost hunting show which i think it's kind of faked because one's like oh, i don't believe in this stuff and the other does but they <laughs> see evidence and the other guy's like mm, that's fake but <laughs> So I don't know if I really believe in that, but they also do like kind of a podcast style video where they, you know, show pictures and drawings while they talk um, and they joke around with each other like we've done um, and they give facts about like each episode is about a specific case or a specific, you know, town or something that was riddled with crime. And it can be really interesting to watch, too. And if you just go on YouTube, I watch a lot of YouTube. I, I haven't watched like a regular TV series since like January. And if you just go on there and search, like, true crime or serial killers, murderers, that sort of thing, you're going to find millions of channels that have some really cool videos, too. Yep. yep. And, of course, like I said, once again, the big, the top names are always going to pop up. Like, yeah. when I was looking it up earlier, you know, it was, like, the a list of the top eight serial killers, and they had, like, a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, everybody that we just mentioned. Yeah. 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 All the popular, quote-unquote popular ones. Well, um, Yeah. Is that it? Well, I was just going to say, in conclusion. <laughs> don't kill people. <laughs> yeah, don't kill people. Um, people may, like, get concerned about the amount of true crime that people consume. Like, I know there have been people in my life who don't understand, but 
I can tell you one thing. If you're in my life, I pray to God it never happens, but you go missing, you're mortared, you're murdered, you're mortared, you're mortared. <laughs> I can assure you, I'm going to catch your mortar. Welcome, welcome to us working for the same company. You're mortared. You're mortared. You're, you're grounded and mortared. <laughs> no, that's, we're not supposed to tell people that. Oh yeah. Don't they don't know. There lots of places sell mortar and growl. What the hell are you talking about? We work for Lowe's. <laughs> we work for Lowe's. God. And Home Depot. <laughs> And Menards. And Menards. <laughs> All of them at the same time. Um, but anyway, yes. You can rest assured I will not rest until your kidnapper or murderer is captured. The same. Very same. What she just said. Yes. I mean, she'll probably be better about it than I do. I am because she watches a lot of, like, in-depth, like, stuff about, like, behind-the-scenes uh what i want to say like the actual cop solving the thing and i just want to listen to the weird shit but i can tell you right now (laughs) that i will annoy the hell out of the cops yeah i would too i would definitely too but that's just like caring nature of both of us too even if we didn't know true crime i feel like (laughs) um yeah um and know too that if you ever like i kind of have this weird thing where i like to like listen about murders but like oh my god let's be friends (laughs) um but yeah, in all seriousness, if you if you do watch, especially like listen to the stuff that I mentioned, just take it with with caution. Um, if I wasn't on the medication I'm on, I probably wouldn't want to listen to it. Yes. But I just sit there and I'm like, oh shit, that's yeah. fucking crazy. Know yourself and know your limits. Yeah, because yeah. I I don't I don't really like the more gruesome gruesome yeah, yeah um, stuff. So that's why. I don't listen to that right. podcast, but some other people might. I yeah, mean, clearly it's a popular podcast, right. but so. no, but no judgment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just know your know your limits. Yeah, it's just yeah for anyone who doesn't understand, you can just tell them. I mean, it's just so interesting. Like I said in the beginning, to to know that people think like this. Like I couldn't. I, I hit a cat with my car once and cried for like an hour. I, I just can't even imagine doing the stuff that these people do. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd, but that's also why it's. So so fascinating, and we'll forever try to understand why they do what they do, and forever try to, um, you know, study, come up with more indicators to yeah. try to prevent these type of behaviors too. Right. So. It's funny too. It's kind of it kind of sucks, but <laughs> you know they say the world will always will always need retail workers and stuff. I had to tell myself that when I started working for retail after I quit um, going to college. And it sucks, but to really say, the world will always need cops, and the world will always have true crime. I mean, you kind of, in a way, wish it wouldn't, because (laughs) you don't want people to keep killing, but the world will always have true crime. Yeah, yep, that is the unfortunate reality. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Hopefully we get back onto this. I always say that every single time at the end. Oh, we're going to be starting to do this more. And then Austin and I wouldn't record for like two or three months (laughs) Um, or a year. So hopefully she and I, Millie and I can do this more. We both have the same days off. So we'll try to stick to something. Maybe not every week or whatever, but something, some kind of schedule. Thanks so much once again for listening, guys. You can find this on SoundCloud and iTunes. Have a amazing week two weeks, three weeks, month, year, whatever. Thanks for listening.